trying to make it right These people won't let me go I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow I'm just trying to make it right These people won't let me go Let me grow, let me go Let me grow, let me go They should know, they should know They should know, they should know I'm just trying to live my life I just need space to grow Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro to how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, Brianna Janae. Also, for those of you who don't know, I am also a Brianna Janae. Our names are spelled significantly different, but we'll circle back about that in a minute. So Brianna uses she, her pronouns as a writer, poet, and advocate. She is a Black queer femme and recently did the big chop herself at the close of 2020. Through her work, she advocates for social justice, mental health, and speaking up for marginalized communities. When she is not creating, she's a tech nerd, freelancer, and constantly taking on new ventures. Hello, welcome. Why are we the same person? <laughs> I don't know. I feel attacked. Like that, aside from like the writer and poet part, I'm like, oh, so this is this is me. Got it. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. How is this even possible? This is hilarious. So I am Brianna, B-R-I-O-N-A. Okay. And Janae is J-E-N-E-E with an accent over that's first or second E. I don't know. But you are Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A, Janae, J-A-N-A-E. Black people. How? We just... <laughs> right. The same name, but it's they're like, you know what, we're going to spell it like this. It's so funny. I've never met a Brianna Janae. Oh my God, hi. I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, but, you know, <laughs> it's yeah, that's it's, the most common thing. It's not. I mean, first of all, I feel like you don't hear the name Brianna often, really, like, no. Maybe like the early '90s, it was around, but then it like fell off, which is great. I I'm, I like to sometimes be the only Brianna. It's like a very Same. regal situation. Um, yes. But then to also be Janae, and I'm just like, because I saw your Instagram name, and I was like, of course, uh, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very. So excited. You already knew. I had no idea. I'm learning right now. I'm like, yeah, I knew, and I like, so, so like obviously like when you're on, you're like, you look at it, and you're like, there's no way, like you just never, <laughs> it just never happens. <laughs> It's like my old Instagram used to be Brianna Janae, like just my, it was like my stage name quotes back then. That and is. Then, and then I started getting real professional. I was like, we want the, we want the full government. So Brianna Jenkins. Yeah. It is. Yeah, um, yeah with the full government. Yeah, listen, Zoom, so. we're trying to, we're trying to build a brand here. Okay. Uh, we're trying to get yeah, this paper. So. I'm not trying to change my last name when I get married. Sorry, future spouse. Here we are. But any hoots. This is the first time we're like talking, talking, which I'm like finding yes. hilarious because we connected via Instagram. I know we have a mutual friend yeah. in Charlotte, but that's like, that's the most, that's as far as it goes. I was, just, but I've just yeah. been seeing your stuff and I'm like, I want to talk to her so badly. So here we are. Hey, here we are. When you were like, when are you going to be on? I was like, oh, absolutely. 
So it's it's crazy that you're a Brianna Janae. I'm still kind of like, <laughs> like my mind is a little bit blown. Mm-hmm. Kind of love it though. Yeah. So yeah, I am. I'm the kind of person of like my friends always say like I don't have I don't know strangers. They're just friends I haven't made yet. So I'm just like constantly trying to keep that energy. I'm also like the most extroverted person I know. Like. I'll talk to anyone about anything for six hours. I went to talk to a woman. We were waiting for, we had a layover. We're talking, we talked about antiquing for two hours. She was, she was moving. Honestly, she was moving from Texas back to Connecticut to help her child raise her child. And we started talking about living in Texas and antiquing. That was it. That was our two hour convo. That is a relatable moment though, because I have a friend who is really into antiquing and she definitely has some, like she finds like a crowd like when she and when she finds her crowd, they're talking about everything, different places that they've been in different states. And I'm like, okay, so this is such a great hobby. I'm into it. I'm definitely into it. Yeah. So I can see how we can be a bit mesmerizing. Yeah. So today we aren't talking about antiquing though. We are talking no. about <laughs> the big chop, which is when people yes. cut off all their hair basically hair trauma in the black community and how it connects to the queerness as a radical femme and when you submitted this topic I was like I am seen (laughs) thank you so much let's chat right now thank you goodbye once again why are we the same person basically the same so great um so step one like what made you pick this topic specifically okay so I chose to pick this topic because like I feel like we we hold a lot in our hair as as women in general, but I feel like society really makes you feel like having long, beautiful hair is something that you really take pride in. Like, and when you cut your hair, even family members or friends are like, oh, why would you cut your hair? It's more of a, like a concern. It's not a compliment usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, and it's like, you definitely feel it. And I, and I don't want to say that other cultures don't have hair struggles, but the black community is rough on hair. I mean, there was a point in time when I feel like everyone I know was telling me they got relaxers between the ages of like three and seven, you know, and, and that's something that I feel like was normalized for a long time. And then I feel like even with switching to the natural hair movement, there's this hierarchy based on curl pattern. And I think, I think I just wanted to, to definitely talk about it with someone who also just chopped all their hair off. And for me, this is the first time I've done it ever. And I had like a, like a mini breakdown, like a week and a half before I even cut it, because I just basically came to terms with like everything I felt about my hair. Like I haven't really, I don't think you really process it. And when you think like about the phases that you went through, you know, from when you were younger and things you were taught or even how you wanted your hair to be. And now I'm kind of at a point where it's like, I want it to be liberated. Number one, um, age of Aquarius vibes. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm into it literally cut it that day um and I feel like also you know I can always blame it on the quarantine you know I had so many reasons for doing it personally besides like just the trauma and I wanted to feel free and I wanted to like I think be able to practice what I preach in the sense of if it was one of my friends if it was someone else and they were telling me that they would be less beautiful or less pretty without their hair I'd be like are you kidding me are you crazy you know but for me I was kind of questioning those things. So I definitely wanted to dive into that and like, is that a normal feeling? Is that, but I feel like with hair, it's so, it's so unique to your own experience. But at the same time, that's what I was saying in the sense of it's very similar to like, I think a lot of people feel that way. 
So that's was a that's basically why I wanted to talk about it. And when I was looking through your Instagram, I was like, cut your hair too. Yes. Yeah, this is my third time chopping all of my hair off. Um, so the first time I did it was in 2014. It was 2014, which was like a really heavy year. Um, and I feel like I need to preface with like, I come from a family that like we have quote, very pretty hair. Like my dad's side of the family, like my younger cousin, she did the big chop first. We're three years apart and we're, we're very close. And so she chopped her hair. And I remember my reaction was very much like, what, why, why would you cut your hair off? It was so like all these things. And then like talking to her, she was like, my hair isn't my identity. And I was like, oh, interesting. So like sitting with that and like having been a person, like when we were super young, like our hair was always done, like either in braids or, you know, relax, which for those of you who don't know, it's like when you put this chemical on your hair to make black hair, like pin straight. Um, And it's, we've since like learned that it's terrible. It's literally just putting chemicals in your body at such a young age, like you're saying three, between like three and seven, they start giving young girls relaxers. And so when she first cut her hair, I remember just being very much like this, like a visceral reaction. And then, you know, growing up, my mom passed when I was 15. And so like, she was the one who always took me to get my hair done. And so I've actually recently been looking through old photos of me from high school and the hair struggle I was on in those photos. Anywho, so in 2014, I... I had lost one of my best friends unexpectedly. Another person I was super close to passed. I started a new job and I was just like, honestly, I started a new job. That, like, and that sort of like, was like a lead into a new chapter. It was like my first real big girl job in this career I wanted to have. And so I remember showing up on my first day of work with braids. And then like a week later, I was just like, oh, just chop it all off. And at the time, my friend Kelly was like in hair school and I was like, just buzz it. And she's like, are you sure? And I'm like, it's just hair. What's the worst that can happen? And so that was like the first time I cut all, call all my hair off. And my aunt, who I'm really close with, was like, it fits you really well. Love this journey for you. And, you know, over the, and then I moved to Austin. I had a really big fro when I first moved here in 2016. My hair grows super quickly too. Anyway, not the point. Okay. And then in 2018, I went to... I was seeing this person and it didn't end well. And I was taking a trip to Denver and I was like, I'm just gonna call my hair off again. Like every time, <laughs> every time something big in my life happens, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna begin. And then just now again in 2020, um, you know, we won, uh, Biden won the election. We won, but you know, Biden won the election. And I was like, you know, we're gonna go into a new chapter. A new day has dawned. We're gonna chop off all the hair again. So I've gotten to a point of like, I have friends who love like braid brie is what they call her or short hair brie because oh. she's just I'm just I'm basically like Beyonce slash like Sasha Fierce like that's how it, it it gets when I have short hair or my braids I'm just like yeah. you can't tell me nothing about nothing um so I just cut it again and it's just been so liberating and I was even still like having done it twice before I was like, do I want to cut my hair again? Like, what does it mean to cut my hair again? And the actress, China Ann McLean, I'm like, I love her. I've obviously watched her grow up and watching her cut her hair and her just own it. I was like, okay, girl, you got it. So yeah, just chopped it all off again. And first of all, the time it takes me to basically get ready now is like five minutes. There's like quick one and done these days. 
it is amazing. It truly is amazing how you realize how much time you spent on your hair mm -hmm. when you cut it all off because you're like, oh, I can literally sleep in an extra like 15, 20 minutes mm -hmm. or you you can actually do a little more. You're like, I can I can add a little, little eyeliner today. I could do a little something. I could, I could do half a full beat, be out here looking. Yes, half a full beat. That is my favorite <laughs> go-to. Just like where I like put makeup on, but this was a quick process. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I never do anything thing. past like mascara and eyebrows are the most you get from me. So may maybe a lip color from feeling wild. Anywho. Um, but yeah, so like as a black person, number one, the hierarchy of hair and quote good hair and what that looks like yeah. now, um, especially like just seeing the world record for this woman in Brooklyn who's like the world's largest Afro and it's beautiful. And I love that. And just seeing how natural hair is so different for every single person. Um, but you're like, you're right. Like you're, you're depending on your curl pattern and what that looks like and the hierarchy of like who has good hair versus bad hair. And, and you know, I, I, I've, I have loved the natural hair journey because there's, I feel like there's not as many rules. Like it's just your hair. Like you can't change how your hair grows. Like you can style it, like do twist outs and all that sort of stuff. But other than that, it's just like throwing caution to the wind and hoping for the best. <laughs> so there's first yeah. that like being black and, and, and the importance of hair to our community, right. From braids and surviving and what braids used to actually show when people got braids, like during slavery of like maps and shit. And then now to, you know, us trying to have pin straight hair and assimilate into whiteness for survival and now kind of reclaiming back our natural texture it's just like to think of the history of hair but specifically for black people you're right is so important yeah it's it's kind of crazy how like um do you remember that documentary that chris rock did good hair yes so i feel like even then it was like a conversation about like relaxers and different styles and things like that but i feel like after that there still has been this idea that i feel like even when you cut your hair there's a perception of like, are you going through something or like maybe like you're going through a breakup or, you know, like people just attribute cutting your hair to something really dramatic. And sometimes it, it can be very dramatic. Right. It's a, it can be a very big change. But I also think it's funny, like the perception of maybe why you cut your hair um, that's automatically assumed. And that's something that I didn't really realize. It's like, you know, like, are you, are you going through something? Is everything okay? Are you okay? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I could just want to cut my hair. And that's kind of what this one was like. I just wanted to not have to spend 20 minutes doing my hair anymore. <laughs> Especially like now that we're like, obviously we're still in quarantine and still working from home. But I mean, just like some days I'm like, just to not have to do my hair is just like such a freaking thing. And I recently gotten back into working out like on a schedule and I have, I have to like shower and wash my hair every single time. Cause my, I get so sweaty and I was like, now nah, I can just <laughs> quick little in and out versus so quick. a 30 minute process to wash my hair. Um, but yeah, I just, I think another thing is to, I want to go back and talk about what having short hair on a woman says, and then what having short hair as a queer person, but who is very femme means. Yes. So I have talked on the show before about like, you know, when I was super young, I had very long hair. And then, like I said, I went through my troublesome hair situation. Um, and then now that I'm older and I can decide what to do with my hair, I realized that like I was holding so much with my hair when I was younger. Like you couldn't, 
be pretty if you didn't have long hair like that like you were saying like having long hair is the norm or the default and if you don't it's like oh interesting like that's a choice you're you're making um but to be able to see so many people with short hair own it and look beautiful and short hair can and is beautiful um has been very important to me and then also again like being a queer person who is very very femme i'll say very femme um, who mostly dates folks who are masculine of center and masculine presenting. It's like, that's been super interesting too. Like, as I start to start thinking about dating again and what that looks like and where, how do I navigate that? And also like, I feel like with, as a black woman with short hair, it is not as easy for people to know that I'm, I'm queer because a lot of women in black community have short hair who are straight. And so, yeah, there's just, there's a lot there that I want to unpack. So, Yeah. Uh, yes, I I agree with like so many things that you were saying. Like I will circle back to like the, the first thing about like that that perception of when you're younger and you look around. Like I think for me when I was younger, it really started for me in elementary school, just seeing the transition of you start to see people's hair being straightened mm-hmm. because they've gotten a relaxer and like maybe you're still getting like the braids and everything, you're, or maybe you're still getting like the little cute pigtails and you're like, I want straighter or I want to hear, I want to wear my hair down. That was the thing. I want to wear my hair down, you know? And I remember there was a point when I was like asking my mom, like if I could use the hot comb and she, she did it for a while. And then she was like, well, I'm not going to do it. You got to do your own hair. And when I was in middle school, I feel like I fried most of my hair off and had broken ends because Mm -hmm. every day before school, I would make sure that my hair was like straight enough. And then in high school, I basically wore hair extensions from freshman year up until my senior year. I would make sure that I either had like the clip-ins, glue-ins, sew-ins, and then it even got to the point where I I would get my hair done or do my own hair the same day that I took it out. So there was never any transition of anybody seeing my hair. There was never any of that. I would just go straight from, from that. So then once I, this sounds so horrible when I'm thinking about it, once I thought my hair was long enough, I dyed it at my, at the at the beginning of my senior year, and I was really into it. And then my mom went natural, and I was like, okay, well, I just won't get any more relaxers. And so after that, I haven't had any more relaxers. And when I went to college, I definitely started to get more natural. But then it's funny that when we talk about dating, the the first reason why I really felt liberated is because I really fell for this this beautiful femme woman who was queer, like openly queer, but was super femme, but would own it. She looked so confident, but she was super friendly. She was down to earth. It wasn't like she was stuck up or anything, but she could kind of talk to anyone, but it wasn't like it was fake or anything like that. And I remember just seeing her and still kind of trying to figure out my identity and being like, wow, like she's rocking her hair and she would cut it off and then it would grow or she would have it in a mohawk or diet, just do things all the time. And when we kind of started seeing each other, I would talk about how I could only wear my hair and like hair extensions, or I only like my hair and hair extensions. And she was like, you just think that. Mm. That's not actually true. Like, you just think that you're only beautiful like that. You're still going to be beautiful. And I, and at the time, I didn't realize how much that meant. But I feel Mm. like having her around and like learning to love her and us kind of having that experience together really showed me like, I can be natural. So when I fell for her is when I first started wearing my hair in a fro. Like that was when I was like, okay, I'm not going to wear it in a ponytail or the poof. I would always do the poof because my front would be slick, you know, just little things like that. 
And I feel like that definitely showed me like, okay, I can wear my hair out. I can still be beautiful. And after that, I never went back. So after I would wear my hair in a fro, would wear it out the poof. This is the first time I've ever cut it this short, but I definitely think with dating, it can affect your hair in a weird way Mm -hmm. as well, which is very interesting. Yeah. I just saw your photo shoot you did with your short hair. And I wanted to talk about that because I did one, I did the same thing. Like when I cut my friend, so my friend Diana, we met the year I moved here in 2016. It's like every year or two, we'll just do a random photo shoot just because she likes photography. I I swear I'm America's next top. And so um, I just be out here acting like Tyra about to call me. So we, we, thank you. We, um, I had just cut my hair and we did, it was, I think it was right after 45 got elected and we did a, we were thinking of concepts and she was like, well, let's go shoot at the, one of the libraries here, LBJ, I think. And it's like this very white building. And so I wore a black dress, like this black shawl and I bought a white tire with me and the photo shoot is called tired because here we are. And so it's me holding a white tire as my prop and me like throwing it in the air, me trying to rip it apart and just me showing visually like how it feels as a black woman to have to constantly deal with the white gaze, dealing with white people, dealing with white supremacy. Um, And a lot of people (laughs) who from where I grew up had a problem with it because I think for them, I've always been like a quote palatable black, which isn't actually who I am. It's just like y'all weren't around me enough for me to like call you on your shit. Um, Why are we the same person again? Yeah, honestly. And so, (laughs) and I had just cut my hair with that. And I was just like, just being able to kind of reclaim my body, reclaim my identity and and it not be tied to what my hair looked like. It was just me as a person feeling very free. So seeing your photo shoot after you just cut your hair and I was like, we love to see it. Like I was like, yes. I screamed that day. I was like, you better work. Yes, I oh, I felt so liberated. And I still have a lot of photos. Like I actually have some photos that haven't come out that I'm so excited yeah. for, for people to see. And I honestly love that. Like, so I was actually asked to do that photo shoot, um, which kind of, I don't know, it kind of taken me aback because I was having a really stressful week at the time. And I was super like, stressed about like my my day job um which is very interesting <laughs> uh and I think when I got the message I was like oh you want to work together and then like when she sent me a picture of the of the studio I was like oh my god okay yes I would love to be taken I'm available <laughs> I'm available like I'm my favorite thing now is I'm a model. I want to be treated as such. Like I'm, I'm clearly a model. I know obviously. my, my best friend and uh, roommate Shelby, she does Instagram for a living. And so I always joke, I'm like, oh, the talent is here. And she's like, I can't stand you. Cause I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm in a lot of her photos. Like, oh, she's ready. She was, you're the most extra person. Yes. So I identify with this so much. Yes. And when I did the photo shoot, even the women there, there was only three other women there th- that were also being like photographed and they were encouraging me so much. Like, oh my God, you look so good. And oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And even things like that, I was like, okay, because I think even other women can make you feel some type of way about your hair. Mm-hmm. So it was nice feeling like, okay, I'm I'm feeling sexy. I'm feeling beautiful because I did question what I still feel as sexy, uh, what I still feel as like pretty as if like, or I just thought about the fact that it's 
and I, and I hated when I said this to myself, it's taken me so long to grow my hair this long. Mm-hmm. And I was, and the more I thought about it, that was that, that week before when I unpacked it and I was like, that is, that is not where you're at. Like you're no longer that person. Um, you've grown a lot more than that person. Um, we, you know, we heal for her, we mourn for her, but you do, you do not feel that way anymore. Like you, you were liberated enough to, to cut it off. And so I think doing the photo shoot and even being asked to do it at the time, I was like, wow, like I, I am sexy. But then when I got the photos, I was like, who is that? That's who is she? Who is she? Where has she been? (laughs) And then I sent it to my best friend and she was like thriving. And she has sent it to one of her other friends and they were like, okay, I love her. And I just, I just love the fact that I'm even still shocked and surprised. Like, wow, you're still doing okay. Nothing happened. You feel better. You're still beautiful. You're still liberated. You're fine. You know, but, but before, and I feel like maybe it's also maybe that first time you just wonder like, what am I going to look like? It's my head big little random things. (laughs) Yeah. I always say like, I was so nervous because I have such round cheeks. And so I was like, oh my God, like, will my face look fat? Will I not look pretty? And like, and like I said, I've done this. This is my third time. And I always get like super nervous. Like, and my friend, when I first cut it, we did a FaceTime. She was, I just feel like I can see so much of your face now. She's like, you have such a good, beautiful face. And I'm like, oh, this girl? Thank you. So yeah, but I, I like all the time just posing. But I feel, I feel that so deeply of like, will I still be pretty? And how much power we give other people? Like, why do we feel the need to measure ourselves based on what society and others think. And like, I saw a friend of mine the other day and he hadn't seen me since I cut my hair. And so he's only known me with longer hair. And so he like, we met up for like, like something outside. I don't remember because quarantine. Um, And he was like, this hair, I love your hair. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like, I just had forgotten. Like I've, she's been with me for weeks now. but he's like, it fits you so well. And I think like, even as a person who, yes, I date all genders, but even for a man to even just be like, oh, I love this haircut on you. I have that same moment. Yeah. It's like, yes. Isn't it weird? Cause like you don't need male validation at all in nope. any capacity in any way. Never, Mm-mm. never. But it is nice, especially as a woman who I feel like that, that societal norm as well, where men are taught to even really only enjoy long hair and to, and I have a friend here where he he complimented me because when I told him I was doing the cut, he kind of looked at me and was like, oh, okay. But then when I actually cut it, he wanted to see it so bad. And it was funny, the very next day I saw him, I had I had my hat on because I was like, wow, I can just put a beanie on. Ugh, your hair is big, you just joy. can't throw a hat on. I love You can't just throw a hat on. Now. Mm-hmm. Sure can't. It's, it's, so a, it's a process. Yes, yeah, so you have to like put, you have to like slick it first. That's to be like slicked down, which is, I'm doing my hair to put a hat on. Come on. Now, bam, popped it on. So in the morning I saw him and he kind of looked at me and he's like, can I see it? And I'm just like, okay. So I took it off and he was like, wow, I am loving the cut. And then a few other times I've seen him and he's like, still loving the hair. And I'm like, you know, I I don't need the male validation, but it is nice to have that compliment. We appreciate it. And and he's a black man. So it's just like, okay you appreciate the fact because before he was nervous you know mm-hmm. but once again I feel like that's assumption that what is she going to look like without her hair mm-hmm. and I think even for him it's like okay she she can still look beautiful without it like yes yes she not only looks unlearn. not only looks beautiful she is beautiful without it yes thank you 
You're welcome. Um, where do you live? We haven't even talked about that. Cause I think that's a big thing oh, too. My gosh. Okay. So I live in Denver. Shout out to Denver. Love Denver. Ugh. When you mentioned it, I was like, Ooh, okay. Um, so much. Uh, Shout out to you. Yeah. You're cold girl, yeah. but I love you. <laughs> yes. Um, well I'm from Ohio. So I lived in Columbus, like most of the beginning of my life. I was born in Cleveland. And then I moved back to Cleveland as an adult. Then I moved back to Columbus with an ex-partner. Then I moved back to Cleveland last year. And then I saw this opportunity. I was like, this is the year that I'm going to travel. I played myself. I played myself. This is the year that I'm going to (laughs) travel. This is the year that I'm going to do things and get on it. Because I had never been on a plane. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to do what I want to do. Obviously, there's a whole panty. Everything was ruined. So I couldn't do it. And then this girl who I've been following for a long time posted about this opportunity to work at this like number one, like mansion hostel. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to travel. I'm going to leave Ohio. But I was like, well, I'm not really sure if I want to do it because I've never done it before. So that was in like May. And then I thought about it. And then there was a point when over the summer, like my cat had just passed away and I was about to turn 25. And I just like, I was just ready to start a new life. And I was like, you know, I can be somewhere long-term without actually traveling all the time. And so I sent an email to the manager. We talked on FaceTime. I set a date, left like five days after, no, I left like two weeks after my birthday, um, my 25th birthday. And I got on a plane for the first time and flew here and lived here. And I've been here now since September. Um, And it's kind of interesting because I don't realize how much of a conversation piece that is sometimes. And so some of my friends are like, you basically live in a reality TV show because it's not like your average hostel. It's like a boutique mansion. So it's like Mm -hmm. an old mansion that is just like converted to basically what it's like a, I would say it's compatible to a hotel like Mm -hmm. or better. So it is interesting because even when I tell people that they're like, you do what? <laughs> but it, it's interesting working and living at the same place. And, and and luckily where I'm like at is I'm staff only. So I can go inside and interact with people if I want. I could sit by the fireplace or be in the beautiful lounge with all the vintage things. But if I just want to kick it and be by myself and be without my mask and one place, I wear a mask all the time. So when people complain, I'm like, I wear a mask at work and at home. So I don't want to hear it. But when I'm in here in the room, it's nice because this is one place I can just kind of be. So yes, I am in Denver. I am here at the number one hostel in the USA. That is where I am like living. She said I'm number here. one people. So she's it is. Look her it up. It is the number one. <laughs> it's, it is the number one. And that is the only reason also why I felt comfortable to come here. And that's kind of yeah. shallow, but it's real. <laughs> I mean, I feel that a lot too. So I love Denver. I went on a, I visited two years ago. A friend of mine was living there and I stayed with her and I drove from Austin and just visited for a week and just really loved it. But I, I identify with your story because I was born and raised in Connecticut, went to college in Connecticut. And then I came to Texas for a wedding in Dallas for three days. And my best friend who I've known since I was 12 was living in Austin at the time. So he's like, just come over and spend like a couple of days. So I came for four days in September of 2015 and then moved here in May of 2016 and like I was like I don't know if I'm gonna have a job I came back in April got an apartment drove down moved in May got a job a week before I moved it was great 
Um, so I, I identify with that story a lot of just like picking up and moving and, and figuring things out. And now living here in Austin, I've been traveling a lot more like taking road trips and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I asked where you live because like as a black queer woman living in a city that is predominantly white was such a culture shock for me. And I think one of the things like since cutting my hair is like people who do like that second look of like, damn, this girl just looks good. Like short hair, owning her life, owning her shit, moving through the world. Like one, everyone deserves to be where they are. Like you don't have to validate your existence for anybody, but seeing the reaction of not only people I know, but like strangers who are just like, I really like your haircut. Like it really fits you. Like just being at the grocery store or what have you. And, and you know, having since I, this, uh, this past summer, my Instagram basically doubled between last year and this year, my following and like having black mothers and black women reach out to me and be like, you know, my daughter looks up to you in the work that you do, but then also just like how honest you are with like the experiences you have and the way you move through the world. And so I think for me, it was also wanting to put out that representation in the world of like, you can be black and queer and female with short hair as a curvier person living in a predominantly white city during a pandemic. Because if I can do it, you can do it. Right. And so I I wanted to know where you live because I think it's so important when also talking about how you show up in the world, in the community you're in, how impactful that can be too. Yeah, I definitely think here, I mean, I'm definitely someone who would identify like I'm I'm short, um, but I am, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty thick. The thighs, the thighs are thigh in, um, you know, I will say it really is the, the body that I, that I feel like a lot of people here don't have because they're so like, how do I say this? They're active, you know, so they're walking their dogs, they're going hiking a lot. They're at the park, biking, rollerblading, like this is just all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I met another black woman who was a guest here and she was telling me that she was like fat for Denver mm. and it kind of, and I never really had thought about something like that, but it, after that moment for a teeny tiny bit, I'm over this body is mine, whatever you get this. Mm-hmm. But at the time I kind of started to look around and was like, she is kind of right. There is kind of like this ideal body being in this type of environment. And I'm like, I'm in like the heart of the city. So it is very interesting to see, you know, people who can afford to live down here and people who can afford to live like a block from the governor's house, which is where, which is the neighborhood that I live in. So it is a certain standard. And I Mm -hmm. also don't really see that many black people. And then when I do, it is kind of interesting because I feel like there is this expectation that we should interact, especially Mm -hmm. with men. Um, And so it it kind of is nice because they do give you that double take sometimes. Mm I do think being in a city where it's not seen as often, people do notice you more. You do stand out a little more. A lot of times though, I'm cold, so I'm wearing a hat, but there are times when I just kind of want to be free. I'll just have my headphones and you do kind of see people who kind of look and they're like, okay. So environment, I definitely think changes things a lot. But like, for example, like back home in Cleveland, I don't think it would be such a big deal if I had short hair. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference because I feel like there is a lot of variety and haircuts and as a black woman like you said people do cut their hair short all the time and it doesn't mean that you're queer it doesn't mean that anything happened you know everybody has had an auntie with a short haircut at some point most of us so Mm -hmm. it's just a normal thing in our community so it is interesting like how you are seen with it depending on where you live yeah absolutely uh, I'm trying. I just, first of all, just shout out to being black. I feel like we don't, people don't say that enough. Like 
being culturally black is such an interesting thing. And and I feel that like you see a black person, you have to like acknowledge it is like yeah. here in Austin, I can go days without seeing another black person. Like unless they're like a friend, I'm like, Hey, oh. want to do like a walk or something, but just like yeah. out when we're not in the middle of a pandemic, I'm not going to call it a panoramic right now in the middle of a pandemic and um, just running into black people on the street and being like, okay. Like my friend Dante had a birthday last year last year year before um and she invited a bunch of us and it was all black people at her birthday party and it was just like such a beautiful place to be like I have chills thinking about like it was just such a nice chef's kiss (laughs) situation of just like black people like I was there a bunch of black men a bunch of like non-binary black folks like and also like with me being a queer person in Austin to like there's a bunch of black queer people who like we do like a face like a group chat or we're in this organization together like building community has been super important since living here and so yeah I just I just think of as we talk about hair and talk about black culture of just like you know black people and and just not even like just short hair but just like the natural hair and all hair but I think a lot like I feel like every black person I know in Austin has natural hair which I wow. think is a fascinating thing to talk about. But wow. yeah, I don't think any of us that I know, women specifically, don't have like any sort of product. But I mean, um, chemical. But then also like having a lot of Black um, men and non-binary friends who have locks has been like such a beautiful thing to see or braids or what have you. Just, yeah, just like seeing the different types of Black hairstyles in, in Black culture in Austin has just been a beautiful thing to see too. I feel like here I definitely see a range um, of natural hair and you know we use in braids and things like that but it's not as much as it would be back in Ohio. I feel Mm -hmm. like in Ohio there's definitely more of a range in like the major cities maybe in the middle of nowhere no there's no black people but um, or maybe there's one or two and you know I don't really know the hairstyles, but mm-hmm. I feel like when you're in kind of these areas where it's a ton of different people and it's a bigger city, I feel like for me back home, it is the norm for people to change their hair every few weeks. So yep. they could have a long ponytail, they could have braids, they could have a sew-in, they could have a quick leave, you know, it's it's the norm. And I feel like when I was there, there was definitely a period of time when people would compliment me on just having natural hair. Because mm. I feel like it was something that I feel, and, and I feel like I I have some friends who have natural hair, but I definitely also have friends where they change it up all the time um, and they never are without their hair extensions. And I, and I definitely understand that, but I feel like as someone who used to be a, kind of the person who didn't leave without their weave, I can't hold on to it in that way. But I definitely think it is just a cultural thing where a lot of people just like to switch it up some people are tied to it in that emotional way with trauma, but there are some people who truly just like the change. So I also try to look at it that way um, without a judgment, because I do think there's also a lot of judgment um, and the natural hair community at times about when you change it or when you do something or if you dye it or, you know, um, or if you go back to a relaxer, like one of my, one of my friends just got a relaxer and she sent in like the group message, like I got a relaxer. And I like my immediate reaction was like, girl, what? But I, but then when I thought about it, I was like, if that's what's going to help her manage her hair better, mm-hmm. then 
you know, what am I going to say? You know, and after I thought about it, I was like, you know what, if that works for you, she told me she was working out, which Mm -hmm. like you were saying, working out with short hair, amazing. Yep. But I also think she has longer hair and I can see where she's coming from and just wanting it to be able to be maintained without Mm -hmm. having to do so much to it. Um, So culturally, it's just, it's just a lot different for us in general. Yeah. Well, I think this is a beautiful place to wrap this convo about black queer hair. (laughs) I thank you so much for chatting with me. I'll be sure to link all your stuff in the show notes. But before we go, I always like to ask my guests a final question, sort of a palate cleanser of what is the best advice you were ever given or what is a piece of advice you would give your younger self? So a piece of advice I would give my younger self is truly to trust myself, to trust that I do know best, to trust that like I, I, what I mean by trust yourself is just to trust the fact that you do have the intuition. You can find the right answers in your own way. You don't always need that validation from someone else. You can find your own path. Um, So I would definitely tell my younger self, like, trust yourself. You don't need to double check with other people sometimes. Your intuition and your gut can lead you the right way. Um, And I think the more that I've learned to do that and realize, you know, I, I am equipped to do this. I can manage this. I've done great things. I can continue to do great things. I would definitely tell my younger self, like, trust yourself. You don't, you don't need other people to give you the answers. Um, you can find them. So that's, that's something that I think is small. Trust yourself. It's just really simple, but it means a lot. So that's exactly why I would give that advice to my younger self. That's it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Visit the website, theteawithbreepodcast.com and send me an email at theteawithbree at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or we get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.